Drago, I'm afraid the answer to that is probably both. I think the only way of freeing Elphir is to end his life. And welcome to this week's episode of The Fellowship of the Tabletop. We are a live play 5e D&D podcast set in the world of Aerith. My name is Mark and I am the Dungeonster. And also with us for today's episode, we have Ian, who plays the dragonborn barbarian Drago. <laughs> I swear you said for fellowship. For fellowship. I, he, he did stumble over it. I heard that as well. I watched Gardener's World earlier and now I'm trying to do my best Gardener's voice. Ian, who plays the dragonborn barbarian Drago. What up? We've got Callum, who plays the gnome sorcerer, Folly Fizzlebang the Ninth. I hope you've got your hose ready for the gardening. <laughs> Will, who plays the human bard, Karstan. How can I follow that? How can <laughs> I possibly follow that? <laughs> Casey, who plays the human champion, Helena Sleetgard. Rah-rah! Danny, who plays the human cleric, Claude. Don't stick your trowel in there. And Darren, who plays the human fighter, Rogue Robin for fellowship batman <laughs> on last week's episode of the fellowship of the tabletop mainly not to ruin it for everyone uh i'm not going to really tell you what happened all we do know is that we are currently on the Skelroid mountains we have worked our way up claude became a owl we jumped over a ravine we found a place to camp up to get our long rest and level up to level 11 which we all have done now thank you very much and we've been working through the watches we are going to start with the uh end of the final watch of the of the of the long rest now bear on this is awkward because we haven't slept through the night we have slept through the day and now it technically is evening so you are going to walk through the night that was the decision you made that you were going to walk through the night and sleep through the day to get rid of the exhaustion before it kicked in um what you start to notice those of you who were asleep so the final watch if you remember was folly and uh robin and those of you, as you wake up within the tiny hut that Karstan set up, as you look outside, you can see snow now start to fall relatively quickly. Uh, it's starting to settle very lightly over the ground. And as you look around, you can see it's you're, the area has become enveloped by this snow. And you can imagine it's going to fall quite consistently through the night. Uh, those of you who are just kind of waking up or just coming up, coming to, notice Robin and Folly walking in from where they were standing on the watch. And we're going to pass over straight to Robin and Folly uh, as you just kind of walk into the hut. Uh, if anyone's awakening, I, I'll leave it to you to decide who, who kind of awakes. Um, we'll, we'll start the kind of start the morning, so to speak. It's quite obvious as we enter that we've been in a fight, shall we say. We've been in some form of combat. Yes, both Folly and Robin are panting. Both Folly and Robin have signs of wear and tear. Folly is bleeding slightly. Robin is bleeding slightly from the uh, jaw. He actually has a large, large bruise forming uh, on his collarbone as well. And let's say, just for expediency, let's say that uh, it's Helena. Helena, you, you awake first and, and see these two entering back into the hut. What, what's going on? What's happened? Robin, come in, will... come in, sit down. Robin will take a sit near the fire and he will take his hip flask out and just start to swig at some of the whiskey before pouring some of it over his wounds. And he will just go, have a run-in with a very old friend, princess. And Helena, as she's still sort of beltoning up and putting on her clothes um, in quite a, a, a rushed way, um, is looking up and down Folly and Robin what what friends? What- Just to pause there, as as you are just, as you're saying that, Helena, the others, so Claude, Tali, Drago, um, and Castan would start to wake up, and Kennard as well would all start to kind of rouse as you were speaking. So the rest of you are privy to this conversation. I mean, we're not going anywhere until you let us know what's going on. Oh, do you two fall over or something? No, they've, they've, they've run in with an old friend, so they said, Castana. I'm not sure oh. what's going on. I'm trying to get to the bottom of it. Oh, oh, is that a friend? Are you bleeding? Elphir. Elphir. 
you ran into what? Hang on. Hang on. Oh. Did you kill him? No. Hang What? What? Yeah, did you? Do you Allow see me to go a body back around here? Allow me to go back to the beginning. I think this is going to take some explaining. Okay. Um. I mean, I think we've got about an hour before the hut will disappear, just so you know. Don't think it will take an hour, Carstan, but thank you. Myself and Folly were undertaking our watch. We were discussing things, and then Folly froze, and I peered in the tent, and the rest of you had frozen. I don't remember freezing. I can assure you that you did. Two days ago, I had a dream where this creature pretending to be Freystan. And I'll look at Drago and Tali and say, the hanging man, he's a he's a god, goes by the name of Freystan. You remember him from the Sword Coast. He approached me and said, should I give my service to him? He would bring my sister to Erith. I shook it off as a dream until he froze you all and appeared during my watch. He demanded an answer of me and well, I refused his answer and my reasons for which perhaps I'll be able to explain someday. Either way, he revealed he wasn't down and he was instead something. Something well, something evil. And uh, so he so go on. He was something evil, and he he revealed to me that he'd already managed to add one to his army from the Sword Coast, and he wished for me to be the second. At which point he revealed Elphir. Right, so let me get this straight. You've had a dream which you cared not to share with anybody else before today, and we've been frozen for how long? You've been frozen for, I don't know, an hour, 20 minutes. Right, well, that's not as bad as I thought. Maybe I thought it was all night. But still, we didn't have any idea about this, Robin. You didn't say anything about this. We could have all been prepared for this. Uh, did you fight Elthir? I did. Was it Elthir as we know, or a processed Elthir? Did he have purple eyes? Oh, he had purple eyes and more. His face was disfigured, his hair is gone. And so he's this, aged. This Freystan was, in fact, Elthir. No. Freystan, I believe, is one of the gods of this place. I, I don't know. He he's he's, he's with... one of the illegal gods. Right. There so, you are. So, so we are following an Elthir and you found him? No, he found me. It's a big um, difference. What happened? We fought. The fight was... Well... Before I go on to that, one of you was able to break out of that frozen state. And I'd be most curious to know how. But anyway, Folly broke out of the frozen state and joined me in the fight. Caused quite a bit of damage to Elphir, at which point his deity, his patron, his master, whatever, intervened and transported him away. It's worth saying this. This deity approached me for a reason, and I think the reason is that Elfie is not the servant that, that this deity thought he was. There appeared to be some conflict between them. As in that Elfie that we know is trying to fight the right side? I don't know. What I do know is, is we're not racing Elfie anymore. He will have the means of getting to there before us. He was able to teleport. But is this Elthir a victim? Or is he a ass? I suspect both. Either way, he's dangerous. And so he's, he's been desperate. teleported where? To the Onyx Reaver? I don't know the answer to that. All I do know is, is that this creature has the means of teleporting him. So we should assume that this creature appeared 
before me now because it doesn't want us getting up to the Onyx River or it wants me to act it wanted me to act as a agent in his course to stop that happening. I, I, I honestly don't know. Are so we think- trying to kill Elthir or rescue him is what I'm trying to ascertain here. As I said, well, Drago, I'm afraid the answer to that is probably both. I think the only way of freeing Elfir is to end his life. Um, well, so, I don't know how much of an expert you are on that matter, but it doesn't sound like Elfir is of his own mind. You if, didn't see him. If he very is, true. That's what I'm trying right. to ask you. If he is trapped, I think, I think we cannot turn our backs on... Uh, your old friend, if he's still able to be saved. Agreed. I'd like to explore all avenues before we just kill him. It goes further than that. He's murdered innocent people. He's killed people to serve this deity. Very true, but if he was not of his own mind, maybe we can save him. I'm not abstaining him from everything bad that he's done. But he was part of this party, and if he had been mind-controlled, and still is, that's kind of a torture that I wouldn't want to wish on anyone, friend or foe. I agree. The only way this creature could have got to Elfir is through his acceptance. It's the only way it could have taken control of me. You have to let this thing in. I'm sure of that from what I've seen. But what if the, what if the creature did what it did to you? If it, I mean... If it pretended to be Thraystan, or if it actually was Thraystan, maybe it tricked him. Maybe. Anyway, I I would hold off on the witch hunt for Elthir for now. Folly, I just want to ask about you. How how are you? You're you're bruising on 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 your on your shoulders, and how did you get out of the the, the frozen state? It's. You do look at Folly, he's kind of sat down on the floor at the moment. He hasn't really acknowledged the conversation going off. He's just kind of staring into the fire. Um, he certainly does seem a bit distraught um, by what's gone off. Um, as Helena just finishes, he's going to... Yeah, to, to be honest there, Helena, I'm... It, it was something very unusual, but it was the book... From the mines, it's it shook so violently. Uh, in, the, the, the woman in my, Harley I, has. No, no, no. The, the, uh, the one that um, created the portal. Ah. It it reacted so so very violently to this person's presence. I. It's something I never felt. It sort of shook me to life. Um, but was it, it trying to help you, or was it responding to its presence? I, I'm not too sure. I, I, I need to examine the book a bit more closely to try and determine. But there was just a definitive reaction between the book and their presence, whether it be good or bad. I, I do not know yet, but. It certainly wasn't uh, normal. I consider myself lucky that I was able to come round uh, and assist Robin uh, in the evening. Um, Elfia had certainly gotten more powerful. Then perhaps we need to spend some more time studying this book if we get the chance. It sounds like it's um, very powerful or, I mean, I know Robin's had a bad experience with books, but... I don't think the mountaintop is the best place to uh, no start. You and I, but you and I should sit down. I think you and I have probably got the most experience of reading. No offense to everybody. Absolutely none taken. If I may, (laughs) I I I wouldn't mind um, Tali uh, being present as well. Um, She has both experience with both books and magic. I thought Um, so too. She could offer some uh, alternative insight. This is true, and and the more of us that. Suppose they're there between the three of us. That way, if anything happens, one of us can be ready to defend and, yes, we can be prepared. Okay, but I, I don't know what good I'm going to be, but I'll be there. Right, well, in the meantime, I think that someone should get you cleaned up. Yeah, are um, you guys okay to travel or are you, do you need to rest? No, no I, I, I'm fine. I'm fine. Robin? Give me 20 minutes or so and I'll be fine. 
Okay, um, and I, I have to agree with Helena on this. We do travel together and we need to trust each other. So, Robin, if you have any more of those dreams, premonitions, thoughts, let one of us know at least. Yes. We need to be aware so we can be prepared. Folly could have had the heads up of what was coming instead of walking into that. Well, it sounds like a hell of a battle. With, with, with all due respect to Robin, while, while the dream may have been unusual, I don't believe any one of us would talk about all the dreams that we have. It was a dream to him. I, I foresee no reason why... Folly, if it's a dream that affects the party... If anyone has, and this is for anyone, if anyone has dreams or premonitions that affect any one of us here, yes, we tell each other. I don't we care don't if it's about your home or your dog or your cat, but if it's to are do you, with the people around here, we deserve to know. Are you sure you want to open this particular <laughs> jar of worms, Drago? Yes, I do. Because Lord. I have been writing in my head, not that I can write, but devising... A uh, five-act play, if you will, about all of us here. I, that's a wish more than a dream. We're talking about visions. Something Thank you, that's Helena. Something placed in our minds. We don't know what otherworldly beings are out there that's, that are trying to sway us with our thoughts. And we need to all be on the same page. I'm sorry. It made no sense, Princess, and I don't take kindly to the insinuation that I was keeping things from you. Well, in this case, Robin, it seems like you were. And I've got your back throughout all of this, but I didn't even know. I'm just glad you're both well and safe. Yeah, likewise. Okay, we'll give you 20 minutes. Rest up. We'll get you some food. You'll need something to keep your strength. I'm going to go out and I'm going to watch. I'm going to follow Drago out. Don't get too cold out there. As you step outside into the cold, the snow has started to fall slightly slightly thicker now. There is no wind. There's no air moving this. The snow falls directly down, and it feels now the area becomes deadened somehow in terms of sound doesn't seem to travel as far. There's no echo that you had earlier from for the two of you. As you step through the newly pressed snow, you come to the edge of a chasm um, on your right is the path you came from. On your left is the path you are taking. In front of you is a drop thousands of feet down, and behind you is the now grayed rock, which is the tiny hut left. Uh, that's troubling. Why did we sleep through all this? I don't know. Magic probably involved. It sounds like Elthir has gotten stronger, and corn to Folly and Robin. I mean, they both look like they've had their hell beaten in. Yeah. Someone didn't want us to witness. Oh, I'm not there. <laughs> Helena, <laughs> Helena telepathically said that. Yeah. Um, if. And then, yeah, Claude's going to look quite resolute towards Drago. If he can be saved. We save him. Okay. I'm, I'm going to spend some time while we're journeying with the master and. Just make sure that I'm prepared and I have the ability to to at least attempt to get rid of whatever evil might be inside Elthir. But just so we're sure, I would like both you and Robin to agree at the moment, if the moment arises. Yeah, I'm sure Robin will agree. And I agree. We'll talk to him about it. But if... Robin's got a point. Elthir has crimes to answer for, but I'd like him to be of sound mind to answer for them. So if there is a chance to save him from whatever madness has consumed him, I think we owe it to him for what he has done to us. He's saved my life before. And mine, I think. He's saved a lot of people. I can't write him off just yet. I will spend my time making sure I'm ready to... um exercise whatever demon is playing with his bowels and all the other bits. <laughs> For sure. Robin's got another point. We need to we need to get to the Onyx River. Yeah, I'm I'm really worried about the jungle that's at the top of this mountain, not gonna lie. I've never been in a jungle before. Yeah. Is it true that there's bugs as big as your hand in jungle? <laughs> 
I, I, I wouldn't know. I've never travelled these parts. Is there no jungles in the Swords Coasts? There's many jungles and forests, and Robin's better equipped to talking to you about the demons and animals you'd find in there. Demons? In a jungle? Yeah, I'm sure there's demons. Many things. Oh, no. Do what you can for Elthir. Yeah, can you save me from the demons, though? <laughs> I think we all need to save each other at some point. Okay. Okay. Hey, Claude. Yeah. Keep an eye on Robin for us. He has a tendency to uh, bottle things up. Yeah, and... Uh, yeah, I just think that if he wants to share with anyone, he won't share with me because... Uh, you know... Take it from I... someone who knows you're alarmingly disarming. Okay. Maybe I will think about making him a teddy bear soon, too. Maybe. I just... You're better at this than you think you are. Oh, thanks. That's, that's okay. very kind. And, yeah, Claude will just go and inspect. Is there any um dropped blood from the conflict? Any sort of... um. Yeah, any, any, not, uh, there is no DNA uh, system in D&D, but like, is there any of spilled blood that might have been spilled by Elthir? As you look around, can you give me an investigation check, please? <laughs> can you, oh, no. Um, with a minus one, my <laughs> investigation, that is a zero. <laughs> Amazing, you're on a one. <laughs> I rolled a one, so I got a zero. Brilliant. As I'm you look, as you look around the space, the snow has fallen now, and a thin layer of snow now covers everything. If you were to notice any lines of blood or uh, scuffle marks from combat, it would have taken place before the snow. However, as you look across the film of the snow, you are almost certain that there is a layer of ash also laying across the snow, layered almost, ash and snow, etc. Okay. Would it have been 20 minutes, do you reckon? I would give it that, yeah, probably. If it has, just sorry to interrupt there. No worries. 10 minutes time or 11 minutes time in that space of um, Foley just regaining his breath, um, he would have reached into his rucksack um, and pulled out the bow that one of those creatures had uh, that we fought in the mines that gave off a very magical kind of glow mm -hmm. uh, or some kind of aura. Um, Folly would basically spend about 11 minutes uh, casting Identify on this said bow. Uh, okay, nice. going to be presenting it to Robin. Ooh, presentation identify. ceremony! Man, Robin's got all the magic weapons. Can I be the flower girl? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, do you want me to tell you that now? The stats for that by now? Uh, you can do. I mean, basically, it is, it is 10 minutes. Folly just kind of sat down. He's got his rucksack um, still behind him. Uh, the bow is almost seemingly hovering slightly above him as he's doing this, but he just kind of got his hands on it. He's just caressing the bow up and down. Um, I was going to say the shaft. That's completely wrong and terrible word to you is basically <laughs> caressing the bow. Oh my god, that's worse! <laughs> I can't think of a good way to describe it. With a cheeky terrible. grin on his face, looking over at Robin, just <laughs> caressing this bow. This <laughs> Horrendous. Okay, um, so the bow, if you want to know what it is, uh, Callum, it's called the bow of black, and it is a plus six to hit. It is Ooh. a 1d10 plus what? two, and a plus one necrotic damage. Folly, just off the back of that, uh, as you are exploring this bow, mm -hmm. you do feel... Have you got your rucksack on? Or is that sat next to you? Or... Uh, it, it, I do have it on, yes. I am, I am indeed wearing it. You feel the rucksack very, very lightly vibrate as you are inspecting the bow. And the minute you stop and the levitation stops and you understand what this bow is now, the vibration in your rucksack also stops. Right, okay. Did you okay, figure yeah. out what it is? Robin will say if he sees Folly looking at it. Um, you probably kind of timed it just in time when Finn to uh, be finished uh, with the bell. Um, and he's just looking. It's um, 
it's a bow of great darkness, but it, it is indeed very, very powerful. I do believe you would possibly be the uh, person to make the most use out of this. And he would stand up and just present the bow to Robin. Like how? Like on one knee or like... No, he's standing up on both <laughs> of his tiny little gnome feet. He is holding the bow with both hands because it's a big bow and he's not strong enough to hold it with just one. And he's just kind of lifting it up towards him. Ah, I actually thought had... Do, 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 do. <laughs> is it a darkness that you understand? Not entirely, but I believe it's a darkness that, as long as it is away from me, it will be fine. So you're afraid of it? Let us say this bow disagrees with me. Fair Not enough. necessarily anybody else, just just me. Are follow me. Take this damn thing. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Robin will take the bow and he'll go follow me. And he'll walk out of the hut. And he'll stand on the edge of the cliff. He'll think about everything that's happened. Don't. He'll think about. What are you doing? Don't jump. I mean, just don't jump, Robin. Follow's going to get pushed off the cliff. He'll look back at Folly. And he'll just drop the bow over the cliff edge. Oh, well. Claude, does he know that we're here? What? Does he know that we're watching him drop a bow off the cliff? No, if we don't speak, he might not think we're here. I mean, um, Carson's going to turn to people in the the hut as he's watching going, I mean, you probably could have sold that bow to someone and we could have made up the uh, money you've lost. Could have. I have no interest in whatever darkness is at the heart of that bow, and neither should you. Um, what if this strikes an innocent walker by lower <laughs> down in the cavern? And I'll recount on my deathbed. <laughs> okay. Robin, um, while you're here, are, are you hurt in any way? Do you require any help from the master? If the master is able to stop my jaw from hurting, I would appreciate it. Absolutely. Will you allow me to press my fingers upon it? I'll look at Drago. No, you may as well let him do it. He's going to do it either way. Fair enough. Okay. I'm going to cast, and I'll do one to Folly as well when he is around. So I'll just roll it now. Folly's um, right next to Robin anyway. Okay. You both receive 22 points of healing. Hey. Awesome. Back up to full. Hope you I, just as a, a, a thing because your combat happened before the long rest ended. Depending on how it works, technically you would have gone to full health anyway because of the long rest. But you know, that's no fun. Well, sorry. I think when we ran it, Mark, you said for gamekeeping, consider the long rest is done. So yeah, that's, that's right. fine. Sorry, I was just sorry. That's fine. I was, didn't know that. So that's cool. Okay, the. Hut quickly disappears around you as you realize the time uh, left on its spell ends and suddenly you are all thrown into this now very cold environment with about an inch worth of snow falling around you with a strange hemp kind of circular, what would it be, 20 feet across by 20 feet, um, sphere of lacking snow where, where the hut did stand. And suddenly you are hit by the, the cold of the evening air. The sun is low over the sky and sits between two peaks of the mountains of the Skull Road Mountains far off in the distance. As you realise, this walk now will take place in the dark. Um, I'll just talk you through um, the the kind of the journey and then if you want to retcon and have a discussion. Sorry, can, I, can I just, before we set off, Robin would do something? Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, Robin wouldn't have seen Claude look for Elfie's blood, but as they set off, he would stop and have a... It's in my note. He would have a think to do that himself. Could you see if there's any trace of elf here? Oh, right. Okay. No problem. Um, yeah. Do you want to give me an investigation? Do. Don't roll a zero. <laughs> uh, that's a 14. Better than a zero. Much better. It's 14 better than a zero. Yep. Um, as you look around, you remember very clearly the positions at which Elfie was stood, the positions he took, the uh, stances he was in, the speed at which he approached you. 
the attack in which he launched towards Folly. You can see in your mind where they all are, but the falling snow blocks any chance of you seeing any signs of blood. You'd have to move the snow away. And as you do over the area where you remember very clearly that Elfie was stood, there is nothing there that's tangible. You're not sure if that's because it's been absorbed by the snow or any other any other reason, but you you, you can't find anything there. Okay, Robin will, assuming that's the place where he thinks Elphir was, he will glance back at the party and he will just take out an empty vial and he will just cram as much of the snow in that area into the vial. Okay, okay, you get a full vial's worth of snow and you bung the cork in there and you can keep that. Okay. Lovely. As you approach the cliff edge where Robin is stood, and the group kind of stands up, Kennard, Tali, everyone else um, that we forgot about, uh, approach you as well. Uh, the path on your left is the path you want to take. This path continues to uh, snake up round the mountains. It takes a long winding and in an incline up along the edge of a large curved mountainside as you almost double back on yourself as you continue to climb and continue to climb up through the um up through the mountains on your way up the snow continues to fall heavier and heavier until it starts to approach kind of shin height you most of you find this absolutely fine to walk through though for Karstan, something strange happens the minute that the hut is dissipated the whispering returns and it doesn't dissipate. It doesn't go away. It actually gets in the way that when Tali or Helena or anyone else has uh, has any small talk with you, um, it's, it sounds like you're wearing basically headphones or like you're underwater. Almost their voices are slightly dead and given. It's almost like tinnitus. Imagine you've got whispering tinnitus uh, in your ears um, that seems to run over your apart normally excellent hearing that gets in the way there. Okay. Ah, Mark wants us surprised, folks. He's nullifying my perception. Um, <laughs> um, would you uh, want to discuss it with anyone? Or Yeah, so um, as they're walking along, Karstan's probably walking beside, beside uh, Helena, and because obviously they had, a, they had a nice bonding moment before uh, the long rest. They did. Um, Helena? <clears throat> yes, Karstan. I keep hearing whispers, you know, like before when... I could hear whispers on the mountains. They've come back. Right. Do you want me to give word to everybody else? I don't know. I, I don't know whether it's I don't know whether it's just me, is it on the mountains? No, I or... think we need to let everybody know. Thank you, Castan, for letting me know. Um, okay. who's who's next to me in the march? Well, if we assume we're taking the same marching order that, uh, of last time, uh, it's whoever's kind of in the middle. So I assume that would be someone like Folly. Sure. Then I will uh, bend down to Folly, um, and I'll give him a little tap on the shoulder. Uh, Folly, uh, Kostan is hearing voices, whispers. What? What do you suggest? What's What's around us? Folly will take a moment, just as I'm assuming we continue walking, and at the very least, he yep. would take a look around. Um, Folly, not being one to really trust his eyes will be looking for more or trying to feel for more of a magical aura. So is there any sense of dark presences anywhere within this mountaintop that f along the same lines of possibly what he would f uh, have felt with Elthea? Could you give me a, a an arcana check with advantage, please? I can. Yeah, 16. You are aware that these mountains hold some kind of magical property, something old, Something ancient before Sleetgard, before the Eleven Kingdoms. Something that's been here since these mountains were formed. An ancient power resides here. You're not sure where exactly it comes from. The air seems to just crackle with energy, uh, even though even walking through the deadened, still snow-falling mountaintops. That's all you can really glean. Okay. Um, after that little uh, thought to himself, it will turn to Helena and um, finally, we, we, we kind of a slight worried look on his face purposely. Um, he'll be going with all with all due respect, Helena. Ever since we came onto this mountain, I've 
I felt a very, very dark presence, something very unusual, but something very powerful. Yes. While I can't suggest anything, I'm, I'm afraid that kind of stuff is beyond my skill. I don't know if Claude may be able to help, but I think for now, the best thing we can do is try and get through this mountain as quickly as possible. Right. Uh, Kennard did say that we would hear whispering and we'd need to ignore it. But I know that for Castan that's quite difficult. Especially if it's disturbing as it is. Well, believe me when I say that the power of words, even whispers, can have dangerous side effects. Especially magic. Just because one can hear those whispers doesn't necessarily mean that one can fight them. Can I hear this, Mark? Checking. Yeah, yeah, you're there. You're listening to yeah, them kind of talk about you. I mean, I, I, I talk about... I, I know the power of words. I, I use them. So Folly's right. I mean, can I understand what they're saying? Are they in a, are they in a language I recognise, Mark? They're the kind of whispers where it's it's too quiet to make anything oh, okay. out. You can just make out S noises and T. Sort of snatched words and that kind of stuff. Absolutely. Cool. They, they sound like the kind of noises you would hear in common, but um, you can't discern any words or sentences out of the noise. Um, yeah, I, Kastan, I can... do you think that we should ask Claude? He might be able to help. I mean, maybe. Maybe. But I, I tell you what, let's just try something um, here. And Folly's just going to hold his hand out, um, almost kind of sprinkling with the other hand. Uh, he's going to cast a prestidigitation, create a non-magical trinket or illusionary image or whatnot. He's going to create a set of earmuffs. Um, in this, <laughs> to, just basically a decent size uh, for cast. Then said, put these on and, and, and see if they have any effect. Uh, okay, I'll put oh, them wow, on. That, that's that's very handy. As you put the, headf- the headphones, the earmuffs on, they do seem to ever so slightly deaden the noise of the oh, the whispers. However, now they they're, they're large on the side of your head um, and stick out rather rather large, on this, basically almost doubling the size of your head, pretty much. Oh, would um, you believe it? You look quite cute. <laughs> I think they're working. <laughs> Very good. And Polly's just going to give a bit of a thumbs up towards him. Um, definitely so, working. I think they're definitely working, guys. Um, I mean, and I, I will actually just tap Claude and just mention to him about it, just to see if he, unless he's, unless he's heard all of this, just in case that he has anything that he wanted to, to add. And actually, I'll do so quite, um, um, oh, what's the word? Surreptitiously? Uh, Vocally? Uh, no, no, no. Um, what does surreptitiously mean? Because that might be Suffly. the one. Oh, so no, quietly, no, 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 without no. not no, being obvious. No, basically, because I don't really, I'm not really still feeling that I want to talk to Claude at the moment. Oh, with some um, trepidation, oh, perhaps. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, so I'm going to just do that quite reluctantly. That's the word I needed. Go on, then. Thank you to my brain. Claude. Uh, princess. Yes. Um, Castor needed some help. He's He's been hearing voices, and oh. I will gesture behind me. Um, to his fluffy earmuffs. Are they coming from the sheep on his ears? No, no, they're coming from the mountains. I wondered if, well, you might be able to do something about I'll, it. I'll, we'll try, Princess, of course. Stand aside, everyone. I must speak to the crazy one. Uh, what, what's going on? Well, um, it seems, oh, Princess, I spoke, please. Well, no, I, I was just about to say you didn't need to make a big deal of it, Claude. You just needed to do something under wraps. I'm hearing voices. Is this a toilet break? I mean, there's plenty of snow. I'm hearing voices. And Carstan would have said this loudly because obviously he's got the name of them. Um, Carstan, um, a moment. Are these voices like the voices you heard when you went to that very dark place? Or are they different? Mark? They are different. They're, They're different. I. They only started when we started to come up the mountains, and I, I thought it was just the wind and perhaps our voices bouncing off the mountains. But ever since we we emerged from our camp, they've got more. And Kenard, I know you said we shouldn't really... She's sort of shouting a bit. You sort of said we shouldn't really be listening to the mountains. Kenard turns around from the front, bow slumped over his shoulder, and then hearing about the mountains, he goes, no, don't listen to the mountains. We've lost many good men here. 
They say they hear these voices in their heads, walking them off cliffs to their doom. Don't listen to the voices. Okay, I'll 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 make sure to not walk off any cliffs. Let, let, let me let me let me help Karstan. Let okay. the master help. Oh, how, oh, hang on. Um, in <laughs> what kind of way is this help? I'm going to cast a spell on you. Okay, it's, it's funny when it's not me. <laughs> 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 okay. I put a spell on you. So I will, yeah, put both hands on your shoulder and just look you in the eye confidently. A lot like that time where I tried to tell Tali not to be afraid of uh, what was happening um, in Basin Wind Swamp. Good memory. Uh, okay. Light on her. Um, I'm going to cast protection from evil and good on you, Karstan. Um, oh, nice. Mark, for your reference, it's 10 minutes. This is just basically like a, a, a plus, not placebo, but a paracetamol towards tackling the real problem. But hopefully, uh, if it works, I'm a bit closer to diagnosing what these whispers are about. So, um, until the spin ends, so for the next 10 minutes, you are protected against creatures of the following aberrations celestials elementals fee fanes undead the protection grants several benefits creatures of those types have disadvantage on attack rolls against the target the target also can't be charmed frightened or possessed by them if the target is already charmed frightened or possessed by such a creature the target has advantage on saving throws to break it so if anything has like got into your brain and started whispering sweet nothings in your ear you've now got like a shield against that it's 10 minutes isn't it 10 minutes so yeah it, I, what i'm basically doing is i'm testing it with a lower level spell to see if it if it helps protect him and then i've got a much more powerful spell that will indefinitely protect him the whispering instantly stops oh it's gone oh the whispering stopped claude thank you that is okay. Um, oh, it is only going to last for a short while. Oh. But uh, but that means you I... can determine what it is. Yes. At least I can hear myself talk in my head now. <clears throat> Isn't that I, I, a pleasant thought? Uh, <laughs> it is a pleasant thought and then an also a scary thought, Karstam, because what this implies is that something was trying to frighten you or possess you. I can, I, I've got something. If I, I can play some music. I know how to play music to stop things from charming people. Fair check with Robin there because he likes to make sure we're quite quiet moving up the mountain. Robin, can I, can I play some music to stop me from being convinced to walk, fall off a cliff by the voices? Well, no one wants to see you walk off a cliff, Carstan. Just oh. do it as quietly as you can, I suppose. Okay, no bagpipes. I get you. No bagpipes. <laughs> What I'm going to do, my new friend, is I will walk behind you, and if I see anything going strange, the Master's blessing will fall upon your brain once again. Okay, I'll play some music at the same time. It might make everyone feel a bit cheery right, as well. Yeah, do you know anything, you know, that's composed by and for the Sleek God family? You know, you know like... Um, King Leopold forever in Leopold we trust. Um, um, I don't know. Let let me see if I remember. Give me a history check. <laughs> I made With advantage, so fuck knows. I wish minds like that worked in real life, where you could just be like, "Let's see if I remember." <laughs> Roll a dice. Ah, I do. <laughs> Control F. Uh, so I got a twelve. You've heard of them, uh, but you do not know the words or the tune to them. You've heard them probably once or twice. I'm sorry, Claude. Um, Sleep Guardian songs aren't my expertise. I don't know them very well. Well, why don't I teach you to keep your mind off the scary whispers? Okay. Well, you sing along. I'll play it. You sing it. I'll play along with it. It'll be fine. Okay. So, yes, I will um, basically be doing this like you would do to calm a child from feeling sick about something. I will be uh, using uh, my magic and the music ability of Claude to uh, distract Karstan from walking off the cliff. I'm going to have to ask. What does that sound like? Which one? Well, the... all of it. <laughs> yeah, all of it, I think. Okay. I vote King Leopold. 
Well, what is uh, what is your favourite princess in disease about your family? Yes, that one that you, you you suggested. In Leopold We Trust? That's the one. I love that song. <laughs> so it's got some inspiration from um, uh, 7th century gold view um, travelling band called Moseyast. And um, there's lots also, of... Sorry, I would like to say that I... Um, I do favour the bagpipes, so just whenever you feel like it, I I would I okay. would like to hear that. I have I'll play confession. them at some point for you. Maybe I'll not wait. on a mountain full of snow that could probably create an avalanche. Just saying. I have never okay, heard a point. bagpipe. Well, I will play one, one day for you, Claude. I will play for you. Uh, continue with Mosey Art. Okay, so it goes like this. In Leopold... We trust to uphold the law of the land, every child, woman, and man. Da, 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 da. There is a verse here, um, but I don't remember it. I just remember the lines that specifically say Leopold. I'm gonna. I'll. I'll put you at your misery there, Danny. Um, Thank you. Kudos. I mean, that, you surely don't... that's worth inspiration. That it was, is. You that got inspiration. Great. You dug that hole. You can dug I, that. Hole. Can I give that to 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 Dan? Because I feel <laughs> no. like that's okay. No, that inspiration is for Danny, not for not for okay. uh, characters. Okay. Well, thank you. I will never say no to a challenge, despite the fact I don't know how to sing or rhyme or anything. Uh, like that. What I've got now is what what I what I do every time you do that. Now I help it helps develop the uh, the culture of this land, and I've got sure. my first one of my other artists of the of the, of Sleep Guard called Mosey Art. Yep. Which, um, yep. If you ever want help devising national anthems, I'm your man. It did sound a bit, a bit like that. And there was one bit where it was a bit, "Oh, come, let us adore him." Yeah, yeah. So as he's doing that, um, Carstan's pulled out his little uh, pan flute and he's playing along as best he can with it. I'm going to be using counter charm, Mark. Okay. So as an action, I basically as long as I keep performing. Uh, and me and any creature in 30 feet that can hear you have an advantage on any saving throws against being frightened or charmed as long as I Lo- keep playing. Lovely. Okay, I won't make you play the pan flute because, uh, you know, otherwise it'd become a musical show. As amazing yeah. as that would be. Maybe we'll do Ian's musical episode one day. But anyway, so uh, this intrepid band of travellers now seems to have a singing bearded man with singed beard and still bits of seaweed within it of singing out of tune. Along with a small human, I think kind of a kind of like King Robin ran away, kind of on his toes, <laughs> running behind playing the pan flutes, um, following along with a rather rather probably distressed dragonborn at the front with a human canard and Robin uh, following along as well. So very distressed. We- I, I imagine so. I'd rather hear the noises on the mountain. No, no, I'm, I'm, I, I do have a flute, uh, Darren. Just don't oh. have. Yeah. So I'm playing the band flute. Sorry, from Ron Burgundy, jazz flute. <laughs> Maybe next time. So uh, you're making this travel very long. Anyway, no, it's fine. <laughs> so uh, the, the the path continues to wind, and we'll say this all happens over a, a series of hours of walking, and nothing else seems to really happen apart from those events that you just described, which sound brilliant, by the way. How, the, just a, just ballpark. Sorry, Mark, really quick. How many um, times do you think I'd have to refresh the uh, protection from evil and good? Like, would it ever get perilous? Like, he's about to walk off a cliff. Boom, I've no. got a burn spell. Okay, fine, fine. No, he seems to, after that, it doesn't seem to, you don't seem to notice it return. And Carstan, you don't seem to notice it return to you. Okay. Sorry, sorry, As, sorry. It's okay. As you reach the peak of one of the smaller mountains, you come over it and you see the path dip down slightly and split into two. There's a fork in the road. Kenard turns when you approach this and turns to you. It's now dead of night at this point, bear in mind. So you're singing and dancing and jovially running along this path uh, in the middle of the night, by the way, with the snow still falling. Kenard turns to you with torch in hand. We're getting close now. It's probably another day or two ahead of us. It's going to start getting really cold from here on. We've got two choices here, as you can see. Straight ahead will take us there the quickest time, up to the verdant and then straight in on the evening of the fourth day, he points off to the path to the left of you, almost doubling back on itself and heading up a different side of the mountain. That one will take us another day. 
But that's where the strange things seem to happen. That's where usually at this point someone goes up there and doesn't return. So I'm going to say now we should just avoid that and we should just carry on with the path. But I think you should have all the options, you, you know, before you make your decisions. It, it sounds to me, Kennard, that you're saying that the safest way is the quickest way, yeah. at which point this seems to be a no-brainer. Yeah, the, yeah if, I mean, it's if, not if even a choice. Way, if the dangerous way takes longer, then why take it? And we need to get to the Onyx River, like, yesterday. Hey, 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 Kennard throws his hands up. I'm just giving you all the information I know of this place. Like I said, I don't know everything. Jameis... You know, Jameis, the bloke who runs Blackmouth, would know more. But uh, he said he lost a couple of guys up that way that never returned. And every time we, we send should find there, them. No, Claude. Oh, I'm Claude, I'm talking, I'm talking years ago, mate. This isn't like yesterday. Oh. If they're gone, they've chosen not to come back. But it's my attempt to give you a, a tour of the area and give you the bits of information I know. I mean, we can come back for a tour, but right now we really, really, really want to get to the Onyx River. So straight ahead then? That's straight ahead, I think. Everyone the only agree? thing I would like to question, uh, I, I, I need to question if Keltrad is up that way. It's a, it's a substance. Right? Keltrad. I, uh, I've never heard of it. What is it? I don't know. It's a substance. I'm, I'm, I'm looking for it on on my way to the Onyx River. Just looking for Keltrad. Uh, why? Oh, isn't that? Isn't this from? Yes. So, uh, we we sort of skipped this part to to my to my quest because everybody rushed out after Robin, uh, after this Elthir thing came about. So I didn't actually tell you everything that I needed to tell you. Um, but I'm basically looking for a substance uh, to help save my mother from dying. The Queen? Yes. What, what? I thought she was... There's a way to help her. Well, I don't... I, I was... I've been told by my... Well, it doesn't matter. I've been told. Um. Oh. Listen, I, I don't... I don't suppose... We, we, can, we can walk on. I don't want to stop here. I think what we need to... What do you remember move. about this Kelshra? I just need to find it. It's just a substance. I've been told. It was on the Skelroid Mountains. I need to... Is it like stone? No, I, I think it's a plant. A plant? It could be in the jungle. Kennard, you you haven't heard of this plant? I mean, no. Uh, it, it was in the verdant verdant area in the mountains. Uh, I, I've never heard of it. Not a plant. Robin will lean and Robin will turn to Kennard and will go, does that path also lead to the top of the mountain? In a very roundabout kind of way, it does. There's no sense in racing to the top to try and beat Elphir. He's going to beat us there. I don't know your mother, your majesty, but, well, I suspect if we can save her, we should probably try to, and if it's going to take us to the top anyway, then... Hey, if you're looking for the Verdant, though, your majesty, you want to be heading up this path, and he gestures to the path in front of you, the shorter path that you mentioned earlier. Oh. That'll get us there a day earlier. It's all on the way. You go through here. We reach the Verdant. We go through the Verdant. We end up on the other side of the Great Siphon. That's where we need to go. Well, well there you go. Perfect. Yes, let's 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 go this way. This is obviously the path for us. It's we quite handy. Spend some time at the Verdant. Uh, just a little while to try and find this Kelsha. Hi. We've well, we've got to walk through it anyway. Yes. It'll take us about three hours to get through it. Yes, let's 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 go now. We don't want to waste any more time. It's quite an experience, if I'm being honest. It's quite handy. Everything everything seems to be in an order set out for you. You know what the plant looks it's like, so we know what we're looking for when is, we get there. Is it a plant? No, I, I don't know. I really don't. Who, who oh. would know? Okay, okay. I think I, this know? is a high pressure situation. Let's let's carry on for now. And Helena, just trust us when I say we will find the plant to save your mum. Or your mother. We, we don't know this. If none of us know what it looks like. But we can find out more information when we're yes, not getting please. peppered. Yes. yes, let's let's carry on. Let's get the Onyx Reaver. We need to get there quick. You know me. I'm in a rush. Let's uh, let's just go. You know, let's, it's, it's all on me. And Drago just keeps walking up. Okay. As you continue to walk on up, Tali runs up next to you, Helena, and says, um, Your Majesty, how did you know about all this? Uh it's my god, actually, Tali. 
Terrioni? She told you. Well, I, 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 I have. Yes, I sort of have uh, connections with them. Didn't you get a letter? Yes. <laughs> I told you that. Just, just check it. Just, just. Cuckoo, cuckoo, and then <laughs> Charlie, Charlie just uh, disappeared. Sorry, uh, if, if there, there might, if you if you look at the letter, Casey, there might be a little more for you. If you've lost it, let me know. I keep everything backed up. Don't you worry. Um, Nura, where have you got? Oh, you're on Tali's shoulder. There you are. Thank you for cuckooing, Nura. Cuckoo. Come back here. Is that a letter in her beak? <laughs> Sorry, in your pocket, Your Majesty. I don't know why. She's very rude that she's doing that. Get here, bird. Anyway, on the mountain, let's uh, let's make haste. And we walk on. And for expediency, we'll say the rest of the walk uh, for today goes fine. Um, I'm keen to get us moving a little bit. So I'll run through night quite quickly, if that's okay, for our setup. I'm assuming that cast on, we'd have the tiny hut. Yeah, so so essentially, um, so I'd cast it. So I would probably um, cast it as a ritual, so it would take 10 minutes to set up, but it just means it saves any spell slots in case we get interrupted. Mm-hmm. Um, but it lasts for eight hours. Um, but essentially, yeah. So it can, it can, it can exist for eight, uh, for eight hours. Uh, and then, yeah. So I can set that up whenever, and then we can get in sync with the daylight. Yep, that's what I was thinking as well. Brilliant. Okay. So as you set up, you find uh, just on the side of this path. Actually, it's opened up a little bit now. It's a bit, it's a bit wider. The path it isn't just quite as narrow. So there's areas just off the side you could easily set up a 20, uh, 20 foot hut. towards ten meter, ten foot radius. So twenty yeah, meters. foot radius. Yeah. Yeah. So you find an area sets up quite well. All I need now really is just, and we can do this quite meta, just to um set this up because i'm keen to get us moving um it's just an order of uh the watch really and then we'll, i need some roles for perception so who let's imagine that there's going to be four we double up yep double, we double up. up given how threatening like you know with the last watch win absolutely yep so um who wants to take the first watch i'll take the first watch uh i will join drago if no one else is Oh, oh man, I was going to sit next to There's so many silence there. It's yeah, like, I, I fuck you all. <laughs> Robin, why don't you join him? So I think Robin and Drago. Is that right? For the first mm-hmm. one. Okay, second. I'll take Cast, Dan. Oh, I'll sit, yeah, I'll sit, I'll sit with, uh, with uh, Claude. Okay, third. Of... Folly and Helena, then. Yeah, we'll go last. That's so you're leaving, the, you're leaving the two NPCs? Yeah, Tali <laughs> and Kenneth. Yeah, yeah, we're leaving the two NPCs on the last watch. Yep, that's how that works. It's going to go down then. They're going to roll dog shit. No. Um, <laughs> so can I ask that, uh, Drago or Robin, can you roll with advantage for perception, please, for your watch? Perception. I'm going to just roll it straight up. 24. Okay. The dead of night starts to... A breeze starts to move around you, and you see the moon pass very low behind you, casting slight shadows. It passes down, and the clouds start to pass overhead, leaving a now open sky. You can see the stars above you as the snow has stopped falling at about a foot in depth. It's quiet, though, but a breeze rolls across this area of the Skelroad Mountains. Your watch passes with no... I was going to say no effect there, but no... Could I just say something to Drago? Yes. Robin will, at one point in the quiet, just go, he knows about your brother. This, whatever it was that spoke to me. Um, yeah, are you saying Elthir knows or um, Trace Stan knows? Well, this thing was, I think this thing was pretending to be Freystan, but either way, the answer is both. I think they both know about Sayangar. Uh, it makes sense. Elthir knew everything about Sayangar because I told him. So it'd have been the source of information. <sighs> it is what it is. I dare sure. say we'll deal with it when the time comes. We have to take simple steps in confusing times. So Onyx Reaver, and we need to talk to Helena about her predicament. And now what it's like to lose a sibling, it must be a big thing. Still. Ha. <sighs> I haven't opened that door for a long time. I don't intend to open it any time soon, Robin. Well, I think this door is going to find you. And, um... Well, as long as I've got this, uh, Drago uh, 
kind of puts an arm behind his back and taps Dengon's deception. I'll be okay. Assuming I have you guys as well. Always. I'm glad you're okay. I'm okay. He's... For all his wisdom, Drago, he's... He's a husk of what he once was. But... In that slavery that he's committed himself to... Is a power that we can't comprehend. And we just... I don't know what's left of Elphir to save. That's all I'm saying. Well... We've got to try. I'll try. Give you my word. Then that's, uh, having known you as long as I have, that that's worth its weight. And as you say that, you realize that your time on watch has ended and you pass over to Claude and Karstan, who are awoken. Claude and Karstan, can you either separately or in one of you roll... Uh, perception with advantage, please. Karstan, it. take yeah. it with advantage. Do not let me go near a dice today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's better. So uh, a 23 or a 26 passive. As you take your places and start looking around outside of the tiny hut, you can see, again, the clear stars. You can see the breeze whipping across. You can see off about 20 or 30 feet off to the side where the edge of the mountain is and falling down thousands of meters down into the uh, chasm below the snow kind of whips up in a nice little pattern and falls off the edge of the uh, of, of this kind of precipice off to the edge as you look through the darkness this is the kind of darkest before the dawn time as well hey nice um at the end of your watch you do start to see the sun very slightly start to rise you can feel the warmth in the air start to increase and the stillness of the day now starts to take hold this is a very still very quiet uh morning that starts to approach you your watch passes with no uh effect no 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 problems so to speak incident incidents thank you that's the yeah. word incident your watch passes with no incident i take it once we're in the hut and the hut's up i don't hear the voices even if i'm not under the effect of Claude's spell. Correct. Thank you. So, Claude and Karstan, your watch passes without any incident and you wake up Folly and Helena. Between the two of you, Folly and Helena, could you make a perception check, please, for your watch? Uh, can I just give mine to Helena so she can roll with advantage? I do not trust my perception. I slept that, through a burning house. That was a unicorn. Thank you. Oh, a 20. Plus... Uh, plus, I've got two on this shit. No, actually, I've got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just 20, yeah. Okay. The sun continues to slowly rise of this really, really quiet, quiet early morning. There is a real stillness all around you. You can't really hear much outside the hut, but there is a real stillness all around you. But you hear a stirring, something stirring from within the hut. Helena, you notice this. Uh, Tali starts to kind of toss and turn... And then all of a sudden, she stops and stands up, kind of looks with a frowning look at you, Folly, and at you, Helena, shifts her weight from one leg to the other, looks down by her side and picks up her father's spellbook. She looks down to her other side, picks up her satchel, puts the satchel on her shoulder, and looks up and starts walking out of the hut. She passes through the outside of the hut and starts walking towards the edge of the ravine, well, in the direction of the edge of the ravine. Tully? Tully, where are you going? She doesn't stop walking. I Tully. cast hold person. Okay, what do you need? Was it a con saving throw? Wisdom. Wisdom. Oh, my God. Thank God for whole person. 18. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? 18. Shit. Uh, okay. She pauses yeah. for a second and continues to move through it. This time, as she does, she starts to quicken her pace. Her she drops her father's spellbook on the floor. The satchel falls off her arm as she continues to sprint towards the edge of this cliff. And just as she approaches, she dives off, arms spread wide, as almost she seems to hold in a pose, a poised position for a second. And that's where we're going to end this with. Oh, this no! No! This is how Mark gets rid of an NPC he's been playing for ages. Oh my god! Oh my god! Like Robin's gonna fucking like. Oh my god! Be right now. 
So, on. so I, uh, I, oh God, Helena would have run after her, but I don't know how far she would have caught up with her. To be I honest, mean, Folly would have been doing the same, just trying to catch up. Shit. But... What the she fuck are been... you going to do, Folly? You're going to just jump on her and she'll still take <laughs> off. Like... She would have been about 10, 15 feet ahead of you, even if you were running. You're running, you're the same speed, so to speak. Yeah. So you never actually caught up with her uh, up to that point, at least. Oh, God. I'm okay. not ready for this. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm ready for the next episode now, man. Uh, I'm already ready. I know what I'm doing as soon as this frigging podcast resumes. <laughs> Well, just like everyone else, Callum, yeah. you're going to have to wait a week. And no. speaking of everyone else, thank you, everyone, for tuning in and listening and making us a part of your everyday week. We love you for, oh, fuck me, Jesus Christ, this got me. Woo, that was a good one. Good episode. Um, if you want to stay in touch with the podcast where you can look at how, you know, we're going to tweet some self-help numbers out there so you can get in touch with, um, you can find them at our uh, at Fellowship Table Twitter page and then if you wanted to go one step further you can do so by following us individually I'm at iRolder1 Case is at Unicorn Crit Danny's at Total Party Thrills Darren's at Darren Page 06 that was and yeah. Folly's at the D20 Gamer hashtag Save Tarly <laughs> oh. <laughs> too soon will is at natural 20 will and our fuckhead of a dm is at hastily rolled dm <laughs> until next time guys Farewell.